This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Thank you guys for coming back to listen to another episode of Reclaiming Families. And we are in, I guess it's episode four of our series on warm homes. And we have another special guest that's here with us today. We have Mark and Sherry Lewis. And Mark and Sherry are very near and dear to our hearts. They um, have, they've just been so special in both of our lives and in our relationship. They did our premarital counseling and we look up to their family a whole lot. And so what were we about to say? I was going to say Mark married us. Yeah, yeah. Mark did marry us. Sherry <laughs> was our matron of honor or my matron of honor. I don't, however, that ours, mine, whatever it is. Um, and so they are very, very special to us. And we look up to their parenting as well um, and their marriage. And one of the things that we think they have is a warm home absolutely specifically in the area of being in tune with emotions and things like that so we're excited to welcome mark and sherry to the reclaiming families podcast and um we're glad to be here yeah but we would love for you guys to just tell us a little bit about yourselves and um yeah introduce yourselves to us all right all right so uh, i'm mark and uh this is sherry right beside me right here as you'll hear her um and i would just be very brief uh i met sherry in college and fell in love with her dated her for a whole year she didn't know it and then finally let her into it and eventually we got married and here we are uh 23 years later been married for 23 years um and we became parents after nine years of marriage yeah walked through some infertility and adopted our precious baby girl um in 2007 and then we fast forward to 2011 we adopted our son nate so we are the proud parents of two children yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. And, you know, maybe we should have another podcast sometime about what it looks like to um, date someone without them knowing, just because. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty hard and the easiest thing at the same time. Yeah, pretty complicated. <laughs> yeah. Multifaceted, they say. Yeah. Well. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily um, – Incur- I never encourage that to people, uh, but um, <laughs> but it worked out well for you. It worked out for me, so <laughs> yeah. that's funny. But on a real note, you guys, or I don't know if it's Sherry or both of you all, are going to hopefully come back and be able to talk about infertility in a, a few weeks. Is that right? I think. Anyways, so yeah, so we can um, prime the pump. All the listeners can be looking forward to that. But today. Today we're talking about warm homes. Yep. And uh, and so, you know, 
So the question we have is, uh, or the first question, or the second question is, how can a husband and wife, uniquely in their roles, contribute to creating a warm home? Like, how do you all see that playing out? Yeah, um, I think from a husband's point of view, uh, specifically just thinking about a warm home, um, I was even asking Sherry, like, what, what do we mean by even that, just a warm home? Um, but just thinking it's a place where uh, it's not cold, it's not icy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, your your wife, your kids are able to uh, be themselves in the right way, in a good way. Um, they feel loved, they feel respected, they feel heard and honored. And I just think, I just think one of the roles of a husband, I think it's, it's just kind of one of the classical answers to that. I think it really is to lead and to protect, um, and, uh, provide, um, but, but asking those specific questions, how, how do I protect my home from things that would cause uh, undue stress. You know, how can I, how can I lead our family by, uh, by way of trying, trying to produce a warmth or help there to be an environment of, of, of warmth in the home. So I, I think a husband's role is um, ultimately it, it's, it's receiving that from the Lord, uh, just what, how the Lord takes care of me in his, in his good and loving and caring, uh, ways. He knows me. He knows, he deals with me in a fatherly way when I'm, when I'm angry, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm out of, out of step and just the way that he deals with me, with his, with his love and his grace and his power. Um, it just shows me, okay, I, you know, how, how am I going to deal with the people in my home? You know, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a created being in our father's world and I did not create my wife nor my children, but they've been given to me and, and entrusted to me. So by me trusting in the ways of, of the, the way that God takes care of me and loves me, I feel like a big piece of that is the, the, the knowing that my, my kids and my wife, it's not just about. The, the day in, day out, what do we got to do? How can we accomplish things? But there's feelings, there's confusion, there's fear, there's anxiety, there's laughter, um, there's celebration and all of those things. And, and I want to, I want to help make sure that those things continue to happen as much as I can. Um, and I want to, to lead in that where I can. And, and uh, all husbands were different. We've got different different personalities and different strengths. But I, I do think, um, I do think a, a dad, a husband's role in the home is, is, is trying to provide an atmosphere, um, that, you know, that warmth is definitely welcome. Yeah. It's not looked at as, you know, so many things can get looked at as weakness, you know, and, you know, warmth is a, a place where, where you can grow and that's a good thing. So, What do you think, Sharita? Um, Yeah, I think, you know, when we were just talking about what is warmth, love is the first thing that comes to my mind, love. And so, and nurturing and uh, responding well. That's when I think, when I think of my role as a mom, 
you know, taking care and um, being responsive. I keep thinking of also just being responsive. So to uh, responding well, I have to be attentive, you know, like what exactly is going on um, with somebody. And so, um, but also just creating a home environment as a, you know, as um, a keeper of a home, you know, it's often said, and I would always remember um, the oftentimes the mom and wife uh, is the, what is it? The thermostat of the home, right? The kids a lot of times can be the thermometer of the home, (laughs) Um, but the wife can have the privilege of being the thermostat. And so elaborate on that a little bit, like, Tell us what, uh, more of what you mean by that. Differentiating between a thermostat and a thermometer, like a thermostat sets the temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and a thermometer, uh, you know, shows you what the temperature is yeah. through an outward, more of an outward uh, behavior. So, yeah. So to stop it there, just that's what comes to my mind when I think of specifically and uniquely in the role of a wife. Now, of course, all these overlap. Yeah. You know, Mark could be a thermostat and he's very nurturing uh, as a father and very sensitive. Um, but yeah, I'm at home kind of taking care and, and we homeschool. So a lot of that's going to look different for me. So would you say as far as the thermostat, would you say it's setting the um, like the atmosphere, the maybe the expectations of things throughout the day? Like, you know, as far as being a thermostat, what is it a, yeah. I'm sorry. I think more of like, uh, the emotion, you know, joy that like having, I think fruits of the spirit. One thing that I also thought about, you know, how we've had conversations before where it's, it's the fruit of the spirit all comes together from the spirit, Mm -hmm. you know? So if we just try to zone in on one particular characteristic, we can get off kilter and kind of in the same way for warmth. Um, you know, it's, am I walking in the spirit? Am I displaying the fruits of the spirit? Um, there, there's something about being keeper of the home where a lot of times that can be seen in what's coming out of my heart, you know, right? and I can set the tone for a lot. I have the privilege to set the tone for that, but it is, um, it's pretty obvious when, Warmth is not running out of me. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. Like when it's stress or yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anxiety yeah. and it it kind of feeds the environment. And then I guess that's also where a husband kind of can come in and support and, support. and help, like yeah. you know, push the buttons on the thermostat to make the temperature go up or down. And mm-hmm. so. oh, that's a good picture <laughs> yeah because I mean, we understand like you know there's there's no perfect parents and uh you guys know, flawed sinful people like we just we get wrong so often and uh and so we're not you know by any means uh you know like i don't i don't think you guys do it perfectly and, and then I, don't, I know our listeners don't expect us to do it perfectly either but sometimes your thermostat gets too hot or too cold that's right that's right and uh but but like uh um I do think some of the things you said that, you know, what was like, what is a warm home? And I just thought it was interesting how, 
Yo, Sherry, you you were on like the a, a loving side, a responsive side, an attentive side, and and Mark, you listed um, a home where people are honored, respected, you know, and uh, so I do think there is a sense where um, both you together do create an atmosphere that is a little different, a little unique, and uh, and it's pretty cool to see because uh, I know Mark, you also want a loving home, an attentive home, and. Uh, but I guess I'm just saying the different. I do see it. the husband uh-huh. or the mom and dad kind of are contributing to the different. Things. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and you know, I think I think the husband is going to be, you know, kind of the, you know, and this is an absolute truth, but often can be the primary uh, hot or cold variant for the house. You know, um, you know, if I'm if I'm off and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm having a, just a highly stressful day and I'm coming home, you know, or I'm at home or whatever. And I'm just, I'm just causing, um, I'm just exuding stress and worry and, and doubt or whatever and frustration like that, you know, that that's tough. That's tough for your family, mm-hmm. you know, whereas Nate, you know, my 10 year old, if he's highly stressed and frustrated, it, you know, you know, I hate that for him, but we'll step and try to help him. But it, it affects the house differently. Right. right. Um, this affects things differently. And it was probably about 10 years ago. Um, I was just really struggling with just feeling like I wasn't a good dad. Well, it was about eight years ago. Like there was just different things that I feel like were, we're just kind of eating my lunch. And, um, and I, I remember just sitting down with a buddy and this was while we were in Thailand. I was just sitting down with a friend and, you know, he was just asked me a lot of questions and it was very helpful for me to see that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, um, I'm trying to control things, you know, and, you know, one of the things about, one of the things about the Lord is that he is great. He is powerful. He's mighty. And my friend was like, you're, it's like, you're trying to be great and mighty and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just be the, be the best dad. And, and, you know, God is great. So you don't have to be in control. And there was something about that, that, that allowed me to move into confession. Like I'm, I'm trying to control things. I want my house to be in order. I want, I want these things to happen. I want, you know, I wasn't using the term, uh, warmth, but, you know, Sherry would use the term, you know, we want our, our home to be like a garden, you know, where, you know, healthy things can grow in a garden. And I honestly just felt like I was failing, you know, my part of it, I just felt like I was failing. And it was just helpful for me to, to be reminded that, okay, I'm, I'm not in control. Uh, but, but the Lord is, and he is gracious and he will help me. But I would say that, that our home for a good week, maybe two weeks when I was going through that, it probably wasn't the best for the family. Mm. You know, Sherry's resilient. Sophie's tough. You know, Nate, Nate was what, maybe two. (laughs) Um, but there, it, it, I know, I know that my, you know, kind of my pity parties, my, I'm not doing great enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. I know that that 
doesn't provide, that doesn't help there to be a warm environment. You know, yeah. something about just being able to confess that and ask the Lord to help me and be freed from some of those. Why do I want to be a great dad? Well, it's because I want other people to think I'm a great dad. That might be one of them. I want my kids to love me. You know, I want them to respect me. So I got to do this. I got to do that. So um, bottom line with that is I, I do think that the, the husband does play a big role in the the warmth, the atmosphere of, of the home. That doesn't minimize the the wife. That doesn't minimize the kids. But um, at least that's the way I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? About everything that you just said? Or anything. What do you think about <laughs> a nice day today? I think that was, that was great. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and you may would get here, but that just led me to remember I was thinking this week more, not to totally derail and to talk more about what doesn't make a warm home, <laughs> but um it is interesting because I'm reading when people are big and God is small right now. And I keep coming back to um, fearing the Lord. Just, I want, I want to live out of a beautiful, peaceful fear of the Lord. And I really want my children's hearts to be centered on a fear of the Lord as well. But for me personally, just maybe even more of what God is doing in my heart right now um, and has, and, you know, Lord willing, will continue to, is, you know, kind of like Mark was saying, I so much want to do a good job being a mom. You know, it's like, especially now that we, we homeschool our kids and it's like, this is my life's work. Yeah. These two little humans, this is my <laughs> life's work. I want to do it well. But the more um, fixated I get on doing it well, um, I lose sight of, wait, these are two little people. I'm making it more about me and what I'm doing and not doing well. And the more that's my focus, the colder I believe the home gets. The less uh, nurturing, uh, it becomes about me being a good mom instead of, no, I have, I want to, I'm trying to point these two humans to the beauty of Christ and who he is um, and the promises that they have in him uh, instead of they need to do and be and act um, and produce what would mean I did a good job. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And what, what if, what if our kids grew up knowing that they weren't the strongest, smartest, bravest, all of these things that are, there's a good things, you know, to be smart, to be brave on it. Those are good things. But what if they grew up knowing um, that they're not, and they don't have to perform, they don't have to be perfect, but they, you know, it leads to the gospel once again, you know, what if, what if Jesus really, really is trying to convince us continually that in our weaknesses, you know, uh, he gives us strength. He is, he is the strong one. Um, you know, what, what if our kids did grow up knowing that, like, I, I do think, I do think just in our culture, um, just with the, the, just how much anxiety and depression is there. Yeah. And I think so much of that is about performance and perfection. 
And I believe that, I believe that starts in the home. Um, and, but what if our kids knew that there is a standard and it is a holy, perfect standard and, you know, but dad fails in that and thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He gives us Jesus. And, um, I'm going to try my best, you know, I want to do what I can, but I want to trust the Lord, but I want to be able to tell you kids, I want to be able to say, Hey, you know, dad was wrong about that. I'm sorry about that. You know, I, you know, I, I got frustrated and yelled at y'all. That was wrong. I should never do that. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, again, what if our kids grew up knowing that Jesus really is better and strong and he's wise and there's something, there's something powerful about us acknowledging that we don't have it all together. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, desiring to, you know, to please the Lord and to, um, to do things right. Yeah. And so it's like, I guess we're hearing you say a couple different things. One of them being that the quickest way to a not warm home is to make it about yourself and being, you know, being a great parent, being an awesome mom, being an awesome dad, because we make it about ourselves. But when we can kind of be humble and, you know, actually take joy in the role that God has given us as a husband or wife, as a mom or dad, then um, it makes much of him. We kind of get to see Jesus as a superhero in the story instead of an awesome mom or dad. So Yeah. And I think like, cause I, I do, I'm, I'm so big on the standard. Yeah. You know I mean, I, I want to be, a great dad. And I want to learn what that looks like. And I want to be able to teach people how to be a great dad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I don't want to diminish like, no, we do strive. We do strive. Mm-hmm. We do, we do get the model of, of what Christ likeness is like as a father. We, and we fight for it. We strive for it, but we don't do it out of the heart of, so that I will be anything, but it is a, so God, so you be glorified through my home. And, uh, I think that balance is where I air so often, right? I fall off the wagon. I say, I make it about me or, or whatever. But if I, if, as long as I keep it as have a steward of the children I have mm-hmm. and you know what, I'm going to fight, you know, my, my own sin, my own flesh to parent them well. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. not about, I don't have to think highly of me, right? That's the, that's the fight too, is to is mm-hmm. not think that highly of me. So well, that reminds me of um, when when we were in the middle of infertility, um, I was asked to speak at this small women's event along with Mark's cousin, who's a mother of 12. Huh. And it was it was one of the sweetest times. And I remember she spoke first and, you know, she was just talking about the gift of of having children. But one thing she kept saying, cause she was kind of going through, you know, having the 12 children and what their home and life looks like, but she kept saying God's ways work. And that, that always stood out to me, even as we just what you're saying, Randy, of, um, yeah, that doesn't mean scrap standards. It's like, no, God's ways work and therefore our joy. So when we're teaching our children, like, these are God's ways and we want to live according to his ways. 
Why? Want because his glory and your joy. Like if you don't lie, <laughs> you won't have these consequences. And you know, um, we've been pretty big about consequences to your actions. You know, if you um here are some actions that are not good, right, and true. And so here are some consequences because you're this little child and you haven't learned these things yet. But then to always be um teaching them about it's because it's God's ways and he's given us, he's given us standards and boundaries and hemmed us in for our safety and for our good. And um, so even when Mark was talking earlier about his role and safety and protection, that is warm to me, Hmm. you know, so even when we think about teaching our children, that's even why, that's why we have standards and, and boundaries is for safety and don't you feel safe in in regard to these things um but yeah let's let's roll on to another question i think uh you know i wish we could talk forever but uh let's let's keep (laughs) rolling here and uh so what does it look like uh to be tuned in with your emotions to your kids emotions in the home because we feel like that's probably one of y'all's strengths we do think that yeah well, I, I think it's important to have full disclosure. I, I'm a very emotional person. Well, I was going to say, we are both, we are a very emotional couple. <laughs> we, our home is full of emotion. So yeah. so you're saying like Myers-Briggs, you'd both be feelers, right? You'd yeah. both be a, an F. Well, oh. that's the interesting thing. Mark has landed as an X between Feeling and thinking. Okay. So he is right on the line between feeling and thinking. Uh, Mine is very high. Um, so he makes decisions using kind of equal parts feeling and thinking, but he's still very emotional. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if I'm happy, I'm happy. If I'm sad, I'm sad. Like you, you pretty much know, you know, for the most part, you know how I'm feeling. Like yeah. you, you see it, you know? So um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll for example, um, I don't know if you've ever um, seen the show. Randy, you've probably never heard of the Andy Griffith show. You seem like a guy that would – I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, the Andy Griffith show, right? And you've got you got a little Opie. He was probably only about, I don't know, eight years old. And we're watching – we're watching uh, – uh, Opie comes home, and he, he got this brand-new slingshot. And he's aiming it up in the trees, and he shoots this bird out of the tree. And he did. He's like, I really didn't know I was going to hit you, bird. You know, and the bird's laying on the ground. And Opie, this is like the only time you see this, Andy. I mean, he's he's got his. This is a guy that directed, you know, one of the later Star Wars. But here he is, this little kid. You know, he's holding this little bird in his hands. And he's like, fly, bird, fly. Like, he didn't realize he just killed this bird. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm actually just, like, I, I'm in there with him. I'm like, man, that's so, man, that stings for him. Like, it's different when you're trying to kill a bird and go eat it, whatever. That's fine. But he didn't want that. Like, something happened that he didn't want. And it was just devastating him. And I teared up. And my kids were looking over there. And then Opie throws this bird in the air. Like, fly, fly. And it just plops on the ground. You know. But, but we had some friends come over. Sherry, some of Sophie's friends came over last weekend. And, and for some reason, 
Sophie started talking about that. It was like, here, hey, guys, I want y'all to see this, my dad and this. So full disclosure is, yeah, I mean, I I feel like. um, Well, I think that illustrates, too. Sophie makes fun of him a lot for crying, (laughs) but you can tell she loves it. Like there's something special about it. Because when she sees a poignant scene in a show, she immediately looks to him mm-hmm. to see his response. And and I think because yeah. she's probably correct me if I'm wrong, the least emotional of all three or all four of you. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, yeah, expressing it, mm-hmm. and, and so yeah, and you know, for the record, to her, me crying might be just my my eyebrows shift, but she knows inside. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm sad. Like yeah, that hits sad. me. Because she's like, I know you. So yeah, I would say I would say being in tune with the emotions, you know, in the home. So with all that said, I have to be in tune with mine. Like again, if I'm staying consistent and you know, me being a husband helping lead the home, I am highly I'm highly emotional. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be really, really careful not to be, you know. To, to be reminded of our values, what we think, the long, the longevity, the long-term culture that we desire in our home is that thermostat. The thermostat's not just today. It's like, it's in a sense, we want it to be 70 degrees all the time, you know, but, but I'm often going to be the one that's going to kind of, you know, the temperature is going to raise up yeah. or it's going to go down. And that's just our house specifically, mm-hmm. which um, is and, and I'd say the boys in the house, uh, my son, my son, we we we're like that. So I think um, I'm I'm trying to learn how to engage better with our kids and their mm-hmm. uh, in their emotions and and trying to read them well and enter into it and talk to them. Which, what do you think? Well, real quick, something what you said, I know that you're saying that you're very emotional. I would say other people, though, might not realize their emotions, like that they maybe are more emotional than what they think that they are, which can also kind of set the temperature of the home. And so I like that, like being in tune with your own emotions to be able to be in tune with the emotions of the house. Because, you know, if, if you're... Like if, if a parent, you know, mom or dad's really angry or anxious or something, but then, you know, they might not be crying about it or something like that. They might think, oh, I'm not emotional. But even those emotions that might not come across with tears could still be. And so I like that being aware of your own emotions to be able to be in tune. But what were you going to say, Sherry? Um. I was just going to say to your original question, I think we have tried, we are constantly reminding each other about being present, like just having to be present and aware so that you can observe Mm. the emotional state of everybody. And, you know, one thing about the adoption piece that is, is such a privilege is that we did have to have a lot of training or we, we probably read books that we wouldn't have read otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, that had, a, has a lot to do with the, the emotional development of children. Um, a lot of things you just kind of function out of the way you were raised or kind of what culture says. So, um, I think learning about 
the emotional development of children has mm-hmm. kind of raised our awareness to, man, I really want us to um, nurture the freedom to express emotions. And so the last thing I want to do is you to stifle your emotions or to, you know, push down your emotions. So how can we, um, you know, provide an atmosphere where our kids without fear of getting in trouble because they have an emotion, you know, so sitting and and helping them process emotions has been a really big value of ours. Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, I think. Go ahead, Randy. Well, I was going to say, um, you said being present. Yeah, I was just kind of guessing. Like, do y'all have like cell phones and stuff, or, or do y'all? Yeah. Uh, but do y'all have limits yeah, like rules yeah, around? What's it look or? like to be present with your kids? Um, I, I mean, I would say we are constantly having conversations about our cell phones and how that's probably our biggest distraction. Um, but I, I was thinking a lot, so we'll come back to that in a second, but even the choice to homeschool, you know, we had moved, we had moved our kids. So if he was eight, we come back and, you know, in, in full-time ministry, we would talk about, uh, no impact without contact and more is, is caught than taught and all those things. And so we think about being in tune with their emotions, just, the more you're with this child as they work through problems, as they work through the discouragement, um, I want to be present so that I can observe those things. Okay, this type of situation is really discouraging for you. This type of situation is really encouraging for you. Um, I want to, I'm making these observations of you as we do life together. And then I can be more in tune with just who you are emotionally and how I can contribute. So, you know, even as you say that, I was just listening to a podcast from a pediatrician. She's like, I don't know, she's been practicing for like 30 years or something like that. And she said one of the biggest changes in like being a pediatrician throughout the years is like with electronic medical records that with pediatrics specifically, observation is so important that when you take away being able to write it on a piece of paper versus like having to turn away from the patient to type, she was just saying that's changed the game in pediatrics because so much when it comes to children is observed and not mm-hmm. like it, it, it you, you can't substitute for the observation. And so um, I just thought that was interesting that you're saying that. And, you know, even from a medical standpoint, she's like, if you can't observe them, you don't really know how healthy they are, how they're developing. Yeah. Now there's a really good chance that I've totally taken this verse out of context. (laughs) I'm going to say it anyway, because it is just, this is how the Lord spoke to me in it. And it's uh, Philippians one, nine, let your love be full of knowledge and insight. Hmm. And I just kind of took that of, um, I want to be knowledgeable of my people. You know, and so sometimes in a day of prayer, I might just sit down and journal through, what do I know to be true about this man? And so how does my love, you know, Mm. flow from that? What do I know to be true about my two children? The observations I made about who they are and stuff. That's good. Yeah. I I would like to say one thing. I feel like, I feel like we have also, we have opportunities from just who we are, things that we've been 
sanctified in or being sanctified in. Um, we, we can see some of those things in our kids, you know, um, emotions, emotions are just revealing something that's going on, right? you know? And so with that, um, I don't want to, you know, throw my son under the bus, you know, but I'll just put it this. He, he can deal with anger, anger issues, and he doesn't understand why he's angry, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, and, and not even concerned about it, you know, often. Um, but I know exactly what that feels like, yeah. I, you know, and it's not that Sherry's never angry or never mad, but I just think we've experienced it in different ways. And so, you know, when I, it, it's, I would say, you know, when there's anger in the home, that's a harder one to deal with. But if you take a deep breath and, you know, sit down next to your son and let him calm down and try to talk it out, like, what's that feel like? It feels like a fire that you just can't, you can't, you can't get a hold of it, can you? No, Dad. And you don't like it, do you? No. But you can't do, you feel like you can't do anything about it, right? Right. You know, do you want it to be gone? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, I get, I get you. I understand that. And then it's just versus what I want to do is, you know, stop being angry, you know, um, you know, think on good things. Don't you know, don't you know, there's people here and there that don't have as many hot wheels as you have, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I do think, I do think there's something about when, when there is high emotions in the home, no matter what it is to be able to, to ask, how can I, how can I enter into this and relate to this to try to, to try to best help them and shape them, um, towards, you know, true, truly loving the Lord and loving people. Yeah. And really what I hear you say is how can I have some empathy towards the, like, how can I put myself in their shoes? How can I take from my past experience to help understand what are they feeling right now? Mm -hmm. And I I think too, like, you know, if you don't know your emotions, then how are you going to lead your children through the same similar emotions to process them rightly? You know what I mean? And to, 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 yeah, to, to understand what they're feeling and then know what to do with those feelings in the different situations. Yeah. You're just not gonna be able to do it if you're not in tune with your own emotions. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, I think it just reiterates that, like be in tune. But yeah. so you mentioned too, that uh, like what you're trying to lead them to, like they have all these emotions and you're trying to lead them to something. And, and it kind of leads us to, you know, just a good question. It's like, what are some of the values in your home that you're trying to instill in your children? Um, I mean, I, I I think our biggest, the, our biggest goal, um, is that they would see and understand and respond to the gospel. Yeah. Um, and so in, in all of these things, it would be that we just keep like when we're having this big conversation about our emotions and about anger, we bring it back to what Christ has done for us and that he's taken that. Um, and whenever we're walking through discipline issues or talking about consequences, bringing it back to the gospel, you know, um, values of, of Mark has talked repeatedly, you know, honesty, 
he talks a lot with the kids about being honest and how important of a value that is for us as a family and for relationships. Um, definitely, a, you know, a commitment to one another as a family is a big deal. Um, defending and protecting one another. So as siblings, you know, when we, when we, when they have conflict, um, we talked to a counselor one time, it was just a good, simple reminder that all of us long to belong (laughs) and, um, and the home we, we really want to cultivate where if you don't feel like you belong anywhere else, you know, you belong here. That's good. And, um, and, and so for these, for you two children, helping one another feel like they belong. Like we can tell you that you belong, but to love and care for one another so that you know that you belong with, with one another. Um, what comes to your mind? Yeah, I think, I think there's something just even, um, you know, like Sherry said, just that there would be a, a gospel centeredness and, and absolutely yes, that we would know we are, we are forgiven mm-hmm. of our sins. Um, but also, are you kidding me? Jesus invites me to, to sup with him, to eat with him, to be with him, to hang out with him, to know him. Like, that's crazy. You know, it's beautiful that I'm forgiven of my sins, but it seems absolutely bonkers that he wants to show me love continually. You know, that, you know, that there truly is fruit of the Holy Spirit, you know, there is. So I think, I think praying and desiring that we would, as a family, taste and see that he is good and believe that the Holy Spirit's desire for my house is my house to be full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control and, and building building values around that, but there's an element for the Christian home that is steeped in faith and trust outside of what I can create. What I can do is I'm going to have faith, like Sherry said, in, in the Lord's ways. We're going to, we're going to follow the ways of Christ, but there's a lot of faith saying, but Lord, you're, you've got to cause the growth. You've got, you've got to make it so that we have a desire. Um, when we wake up in the mornings for there to be a desire for us to love our children with the love of Christ, to love each other with the love of Christ, um, to go to bed, you know, to not let the sun go down upon our anger on and on and on following his ways. But I truly believe that, you know, uh, one of the things that Luke Thomas pastor at legacy, you know, he always talks about that the Lord is brilliant. <laughs> He's just so wise. And I, I think there's just a structure that, that the Lord had from the beginning that was a structure of the, the leader, the man, trusting, trusting God. You know, and, and the malfunction, the malfunction comes when we don't trust. And so even just thinking about values, like for there to be a core at the base, at the bottom of highly valuing, trusting God in his ways, but very specifically, the beauty of the fact that Jesus says that he came to give us abundant life. 
And what would it be like if my family really believed that? What if we, we all believe that, that what would an abundant life family look like? You know, and I think it looks like a place where there's a whole lot of failure. Uh, but yet forgiveness is an extremely common thing within the family. That's good. And I can, I can walk through the different things, but I think that's a core thing. But then after that, yes, it's, hey, guys, we're not going to lie to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're not going to lie to each other. Um, admitting that you're wrong is a big one. So as parents coming to them and it, admitting that we're wrong. And then, you know, maybe when our, in our kids, um, they, they have been, it's been very encouraging to see them come back and admit when they're wrong. And a lot of times we want to help them be specific, like, well, you're sorry about what exactly, you know, and, and helping them identify sin and be able to confess sin specifically. But I would also say hard work. Like we've tried to, you know, and trying to help the kids find a sport or an activity. It's okay. Well, this is hard. And yet we started cross country and it's really hard to run two miles, but we are going to finish it. (laughs) We started this and we're going to finish it. Um, Maybe those are just more practical ones. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know. It's always fun to hear the different values that. It is, it really is. to some extent, a lot of people try to instill the same values, but it's always interesting to kind of hear which ones rise to the top. That's right. That's right. Because right. I mean, I think the warmest homes I know, and, and yours, your home is is one of them. It just it has a good warm atmosphere. But like, what number though? Like, if there were ten, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't number, know. Number right. one, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but they would all say, "Hey, we're trying to instill the gospel into our children," but then yeah. they would say, maybe yeah. some would say respect. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna respect each other. They're, we're not gonna tolerate disrespect. Yeah, you know, and then. Yeah, then, but you would say maybe honesty. Hey, we're going to be honest. Yeah, and so it is fascinating, a little insight to, yeah. to a home. And so. But because there is, there's, there's the illustration of the, um, you know, you got, you got the mule, right? The mule that needs to plow the field. And you've got the, you've got the farmer. It's like, how can I motivate? You know, values a lot of times in the home are like, how can I motivate the family towards these things? So even motivation matters. Um, but it's like, okay, I can dangle the carrot in front of the, in front of the donkey, right? Dangle it there. It's like, here's a reward that you never get, you know, this is going to be in front of you and you just gotta, you're just always, you're always after the, or it's the stick, right? It's beating the donkey on the back, you know? And it's like, it's like constant punishment. Um, and it really does for this. I think it, 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 for the core, for me, with the house and values, something that, that that the Lord has done is Jesus himself, you know, has taken our place. He receives the stick, the wrath of God. He rises from death itself, grabs the carrot, and, and gives it to us. You know, he gives us the reward. And there's just something, there's something in there about, you know, again, foundationally, not missing, not missing. Yes, the gospel, the, the gospel is the foundation of these values because it only takes a second for one value to become a carrot yeah. or one value to become stick, stick oriented. Um, 
because values are awesome because God gives it to, gives us these things in his word. Um, but there's something, there's something about that, that, um, it's helpful for me to, for me to be reminded when, while we have these values is very clear, but what happens when these values get broken? Like what's going on? Like, you know, I want Sherry to look at me, you know, basically you're not, you're not living up to some of our values, you know, uh, you're being a big meanie. We no meaning value, you know, what's going on? How are you doing? Like, are you upset about something? Like what's going on to really enter in, uh, to help, but we probably have some other values. What do you think? Like they're clear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty good list. Okay. So changing gears a little bit, um, we would love to hear a little bit about the logistics of your home and just how you kind of feel like that might contribute to the warmth and you don't have to elaborate a ton on it, but just if there's anything that you feel like could really be, um, big in that. Mm. Um, let's see. Logistics, like schedule, like just kind of how. Yeah. Like, or, or like I've been at your house a couple of times and you guys have done like different family devotions at dinner time. Um, (laughs) homeschooling? Um, I mean, I think in general, we, we've seen clearly that structure helps structure facilitates great things. (laughs) Um, I personally, my personality, like my Myers-Briggs, we have one of these things like detailed structure can stress me out, but I need a loose, consistent structure, you know? So we have those things, um, homeschool, definitely. Uh, we just have rhythms. Rhythms are best for us. Um, good rhythm in the morning, get our stuff done. And then evenings are probably the most consistent. Mark's job has changed a little bit. So his evenings are a little bit more. Well, half the time they're free. <laughs> um, so dinner time together is, is a big deal for us. Um, and then we have, we most often have devotions right before bed. Bedtime is probably a big deal. Evenings as a family are a pretty big deal. We love to watch something together. We've gone through Little House on the Prairie like three or four times. <laughs> um, Andy Griffith, uh, we'll find, we might, we'll watch Phineas and Ferb with the kids sometimes. Just, you know, we're winding down. I was going to say, there's a show called Little Men. Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. No. You oh guys, my goodness. Your You're family love it. would You're like it a lot. It. Sorry, sorry, keep on. Sorry. Let me Okay. Um <laughs> and we have I mean, maybe when they were tiny, we've never sent our kids to bed. And this is not I'm not saying there's a right or wrong to this. It's just no. how we've functioned. We all go to bed at the same time. So, and there's something, I think it's very comforting for them about that. Like we all, okay, let's all go, we all go brush our teeth and we have a devotion together and then we put him in his bed and she's 15 and we still, I mean, I don't put her in her bed, obviously, <laughs> but go tell her good night. And then we go to our room, close door. So, um, just, I think rhythms, that consistent rhythm in our family of togetherness has, mm-hmm. has meant a lot to them. Cool. Yeah. I think, I mean, just to d- double click on the nighttime, I mean that, you know, ever since, well, here, here's to backtrack. When we were in Thailand, it was just a different pace of life. Yeah. Um, so I think that mattered a lot. I think it mattered a lot, but yet, you know, there was a ton of work to do and, and whatnot. But 
ever since the kids were, were little, that would be something that I could put the kids down. You know, I could put both of them down, tuck them in, sing to them, read to them or whatever. And, um, and often go back to work, you know, go back to the campus or do something like that. Um, now they're older and it's still different, but every night I still tuck Nate in, you know, well, every night that I'm home, I, I, I'm able to tuck him in. However, you know, and I say good night to Sophie every night. Um, but as Sophie's gotten older, a routine definitely that is awesome is that Sophie and Sherry have pretty great conversations at night. I mean, yeah. I, I just think there, I don't know if that's the case where all kids would be like that. And especially girls, I don't know, but there's something about Sophie. It's like, it's time for bed. I know we're, I know we can't do anything else, but we can talk. So let's talk. Mm-hmm. And so it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, it has been. See, I and I always to- heard that that was going to happen. And it's like, it's not, you know, it's not a manipulated thing. It is a, that's when all their, you know, nighttime, all the things they're thinking and feeling kind of come to the surface and that's when she wants to process. And Hillary, you know, I'm not a night person. (laughs) And I have to like, just like, kick it into overdrive too. I hope that happens in our house one day. Someone finally want to talk to me at night. I think, uh, yeah, I think I would think it's manipulation. Like, Oh my goodness. She wants to not go to sleep. I've been accused of it several times. uh, Or like like little kids do that. Like our our daughter, she does that all the time. She'll, Pray, Mama. Yeah. Pray, pray Dada. Pray, yeah. pray, Goofy. She just trying pray. to make stuff up so she didn't go to bed. You know what I mean? And, hey. uh, Embrace it, yeah. brother. Yeah. But here's the thing. There have been a couple of times where I can tell Sophie's pray trying goofy. to think of something to talk about. And then I quickly think, who cares? She's wanting to connect with me, yeah. even yeah. if she doesn't have a topic. Um, and I need to be available for this because I can be. Now, you know, it's 11 o'clock and I'm finally like, okay. Good night. Good bed. <laughs> I love you. Good night. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of getting late, I guess, we have one last question for you, and it would just be, what encouragements do you have for young parents? Any resources? Any just good gospel nuggets you want to leave? But anything that you'd just like to encourage us and everybody else with? Um. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I think just, and maybe y'all had said this and I would affirm it, uh, warmth between a husband and wife. We didn't mention that in the beginning is definitely, um, a precedent setter. Okay. And so if just keeping those priorities in order that your warmth between in your relationship with God, and then your warmth in your relationship with your spouse, is hands down going to be where a warm home is born out of. Um, and then everything else is going to kind of come out of that. And if it, when it comes to books, I did think of a couple, A Praying Life. Um, that, to me, you know, it's not about parenting, but so much of it is about him praying for his kids that okay. I feel like it's when, one of the most formative books for me as a mom. And then I love for like young moms. I love the book, Loving the Little Years. Loving and the Little Years. 
Yep. Loving the little years. That's, um, Rachel Jankovic. And, um, it's literally about loving when they're little. That's some of the hardest years, but to me, it really, um, puts an exclamation mark just about being present. Like the, wow, this is, this is a gift right here. And it's real. it was really hard. The little years were really hard for me. I'm kind of a busybody, So to like sit and read books and sit and play, it's, yeah. it's really hard for some personalities. It was hard for Matt, for mine. Um, yeah. So that's a good book. Did you have any thought? Uh, maybe the only thing I would add might, it, it, you know, again, I just think that, you know, for a Christian home, um, an overwhelming sense of faith, like not just a sense of faith, but a, a, a living faith. I'm trusting in the Lord, you know, fighting a good fight of faith. We've got, you know, you, I've got the world is uh, attacking our family. Um, the evil one himself and all his little minions are trying to attack my family. Yeah. And then my own flesh. I'm, tr- I'm not always the best thing going on yeah and so there's something about so i would say uh there's a book by piper john piper it's called future grace Mm -hmm. and feel free to take take as long as you want reading it but there's something about you know truly looking through all of these promises of god that's what this book's about is having faith in the promises of god Like, I just think it just will bring great stability in a personal way, but then even for, even for the family. So that would be my, my one book. That's good. All right. Well. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was, we, uh, was good. Yeah. Super thankful to have you guys on the podcast tonight. And hopefully we'll get to have y'all back sooner rather than later. Well, yeah. it's definitely a privilege. Uh, thank y'all for, uh inviting us to be a part of it. Yeah, We're yeah. super proud of y'all and it's encouraging. It's, it's fun. It's fun seeing what the Lord is doing, uh, through this. Uh, so y'all keep it up. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.